Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles of the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, coming to you after the Oklahoma State 21-20 victory at Boise State. Quite an impressive uh, victory to pull it out the way that they did. Not an impressive game, but... Uh, well, it was, it was crazy, Scotty. It was it just was. crazy. I mean, with six and a half minutes left in the second quarter, I wish you had one first down, had one completed pass for seven yards. I think uh, Boise State had run 39 plays, and OSU had run 10. Right. And it was 20 to 7, and it probably should have been 28 to 7. <laughs> and somehow, the rest of the quarter, you know, Cowboys get two touchdowns. Pass interference penalty helped, third and long. Got them uh, in scoring position to, sco- to the four touchdown. And then Boise State makes a fumble. Malcolm Rodriguez strips the ball. Cowboys have a short field score. All of a sudden, it's 21-20 at halftime. Mike Gundy walks out, walks and says, I looked at the scoreboard and I couldn't believe we're ahead. He said, it seemed like we were behind by 20, and that's the way it felt to everybody. Yeah. And then the second half, OSU dominates, and nobody scores. <laughs> yeah. It's the darndest thing. Um, you mentioned this. Oklahoma State actually ended up outgaining Boise State yardage-wise, yeah. and that that didn't didn't feel it didn't feel that way at all. The def- OSU's defense really played well. They gave up 303 total yards and 20 right. points. Um, they got they got carved up early a lot. Yeah, but they made some adjustments, and after that, Boise State didn't run on them the whole game, and the and the Boise passing game withered the longer the game went. And you well, know, kudos to Jim Knowles for those adjustments. He told us a couple of what they were. They didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but um, uh, defense is something that looks like you can count on for the Cowboys. Offense remains a work in progress, but they at least you know, everybody's been saying you got to run the ball. You got to run the ball. Well, they ran the ball tonight. They did. They uh, they they found some success finally running the football. Came into the game with 194 rushing yards through two games, and uh, and they go for uh, over 200. Jalen Warren goes for over 200 on, on his own, and uh, Spencer Sanders added 40, and and they uh, they tacked on a few more here and there. But um, really, after the way that they had uh, had run the ball the previous two weeks, if you said they're going to have to run the ball to win this game, I, I I don't know that I would have felt very good about their chances, but. They, yeah. uh, they came I was, through. I was very impressed with the run game, um, especially uh, there in the second half when it became clear they weren't going to throw hardly at all. Right. And and Gundy said this after the game. He said it was impressive we ran the ball even when they knew we, we were going to run it. And they found some creases and they found some some schemes that could work, sort of stretch plays a little bit or outside zone maybe is what they call it. I don't know. Yeah. But – Running not sweeps, but not right up the middle, right, you know, off tackles and things. So it was pretty – it was very impressive what they did. And Jalen Warren appears to be a budding star. I remember when they announced his transfer, and I kept thinking, why does this white guy want to come here? I mean, they got L.D. Brown, you know, six-year guy. Dominique Richardson was very impressive as a uh, freshman last year. And Desmond Jackson emerged as a you know big time player. He had a, one of those two hundred yard games. His came against Texas Tech though, right? Which sometimes that happens against Tech. 
And now Jalen Warren has come in, and he's clearly the number one tailback now. He had 32 carries. Right. What was Jackson, his big carry game last year, was it? He had 36 against Tech. That, 36. That day. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. And 32 is a lot in this age, too. So, uh, Hunter Woodard coming back helped a bunch, it looks like. Right. And I think Gundy was sort of pleased. I mean, he knows he's got offensive problems on throwing the ball, but mm-hmm. looks like looks like running the ball, like sort of found something to do. And here's the other thing. I don't know how good Boise State is, but I know this. They're tough. And right. all, they're always tough. They're sort of like Kansas State in that regard. Yeah. Uh, only generally more skilled. Um, I think I said this earlier. I can't remember if I said it with you or not, but Boise State is a Power 5 team, a Power 5, a power five program right. that just doesn't happen to be in a Power 5 league. Yeah. I mean, you put them in any league in America. You put them in the SEC, they'll fit in fine. Right. I mean, they go, you go put them against Ole Miss or, you know, Kentucky or whoever's sort of the second-tier teams in that league. I don't know who they are. But, I mean, if, if Boise State played LSU this year, I'd take Boise State. Right. I think they're just a really solid program, solid team, and and that's why everybody was giddy after the game. I mean, you, you come up here and win, and you've done something. So I'm more encouraged about the Cowboys than when I came. I picked them to lose. Um, I just didn't see enough out of the offense, and frankly, I still didn't. But they made enough plays to, to turn the tide. They did. Now, uh, one of the uh, one of the plays that they had to make was uh, the one that you wrote about, which was Kale Cabanis coming down with a, uh, a really nice 24-yard reception on a third and long situation where they needed a first down to uh, to be able to ice the game. And uh, Cabanis, for one, is uh, is uh, an example of, uh, of what a walk-on can do when he gets a chance. Uh, it's also a, a sign of where things are at with the wide receiver group of Oklahoma State. So uh, uh, both sides of that are, are very interesting. Uh, but Cabinets came through with a big play for him. Yeah, I thought it was crazy when you helped me make the list of all the receivers who were out. I mean, it's right. six, I think, in Yeah, the top two. I mean, uh, if you list the top eight receivers, six are out. Right. Which, who's the seven? And then Brennan Presley, and I don't even know who the eighth one is. <laughs> but um, full disclosure, I have to admit, I did not know that Kale – Cabinets was on the team. I did not know that. I actually know of him. I mean, he's Billy Tubbs' grandson. Right. He's uh, he's uh, the son of Taylor Tubbs, Billy's daughter, and former uh, uh, former OU wide receiver um, Carl Cabinets from the 1980s, the late Carl Cabinets. And you know. Uh, I sort of follow him through the newspaper and stuff. You know, he's got a cousin from Broken Arrow or Bixby or someplace plays baseball on the OSU baseball team or has for the last five years. Right. So I've sort of followed the family, but I I remember when this kid was at Norman North, but I didn't know he went to OSU and walked on. And all of a sudden, it's funny. I went, you know, I try to always stay in the press box till the game's over. Mm -hmm. And then if I have to walk stairs to get there, often I do that at Boone Pickens. I do it at ames i do it at norman a lot of places i don't because if you wait till the game's over you might not get the elevator in time 
and so on road games, places I've never been, I just don't know what to do. So I went down early when when Jason Taylor blocked the field goal. I said, it's time for me to go. Mm-hmm. So I went down, and I actually missed the two plays, the running the clock on first and ten and second and nine or whatever it was. Right. But I get down there in time to see the third and seven play, and I run up and get pretty good vantage point for the whole thing. And I see Spencer Sanders throw the fade, and I see somebody catch it with an excellent catch, falling backwards and sort of win the tug of war with the Boise State cornerback and all that. And I see the number is 37. I said, who in the heck is 37? <laughs> and then I hear the PA guy, who was not all that spiffy, to be honest with you, so I'm not sure I can trust him. He says something about cabinets, and I thought, cabinets? He plays baseball. (laughs) It's a baseball player at OSU. Well, it turns out it's it's Kale Cabanus, and he made the play of the game. And Cowboys are so short at that position right now that they had to play him. And kudos to Mike Gundy and Casey Dunn for saying we're going to throw – we trust our guys in this crucial situation. And kudos to Spencer Sanders. He didn't have to throw it to – just because they, they throw Cabinets out on the field doesn't mean Sanders has to throw him the ball. Right. But he did, trusted him, gave him the opportunity. He makes a great play. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Gundy or, or Dunn that explained to us on, uh, on that play. There was, there was another, uh, another option. And inside yeah, route to, uh, to Brennan Presley, yeah. and you know if you're uh, if you're the quarterback and you've got Brennan Presley running a route or uh, or Kale Cabanis who's never caught a pass in in his Oklahoma State career, you might uh, you might be leaning toward throwing to to, uh, to yeah. Presley, but uh, but Sanders liked his uh, his look over there with the one on one matchup and uh, and went that direction and it was uh, it was the right call it worked out so. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Jason Taylor's blocked field goal. Jason Taylor just finds a way to make plays. He does. He's, he does. It's it's, uh, it's uncanny. It is. You know, it's too bad Virgil Jacob Unruh, our partner, mm-hmm. isn't here because he loves Jason Taylor. He does. And he'd have been all about Jason Taylor tonight. Gundy didn't even know until the press conference. Gundy didn't even know Jason Taylor blocked the field goal. Right. He just thought he missed it. But when he when he kicked, and I couldn't tell from the press box what happened, but it sure didn't look like just a kick he missed. Right. It looked like he either a bad shank or somebody deflected it or something. And he actually talked about Jason Taylor talked about he got a pretty he got three fingers on it and it hurt his hand. Yeah. So I guess he got a pretty good piece of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a that was a crucial play because what was it two twenty or so when they took over. When that field goal was over, two fifteen, whatever it was, you put OSU at the twenty-five yard line, needing a field goal to win with two twenty to left. I'm not overly optimistic. No, not on this night. No, and you know they haven't kicked a lot of field goals this year. Alex yeah, Hale. That's had, the other thing. Had, Even if had, they got down there, I don't know if they'd make one. He had, he had missed from forty-one yards earlier in the game, so uh, a lot going against them in uh, in that situation. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, they were uh, they were talking about 
early on Boise State was was getting with with their tempo they were getting them uh, weren't getting lined up all the, all the time uh, you know they were they were gassed a little bit in uh, in some situations and then something something just flipped there in the uh, the middle of the second quarter and they uh, they they seemed to be uh, right back on track and you mentioned the halftime adjustments that that really turned the tide for the for the defense but um, to uh, to overcome their uh, early struggles when they were uh, they were on the field a ton. I mean, uh, yeah, it was like I said. At one point, it's thirty nine to ten in plays, right? And that'll work team out. Even OSU's pretty deep. You know, they rotate linemen pretty good. And, yeah. Um. So they're they're sort of susceptible to fatigue, or not susceptible. They're sort of susceptible. They're not susceptible to fatigue, mm-hmm. but everybody's got their limit, and that the offense was doing nothing. Um, but the longer the game went, the more the Cowboy defense sort of exerted itself. And you know, six twenty-six, they kick that field goal. Boise does to go up twenty to seven. Mm-hmm. And their next. Let's see. Their next first down came with like 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Wow! So they like well, they went like 24 game minutes without a without a first down, which is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and you you mentioned it at one point. It felt like the Cowboy defense had been off the field for for about an hour because they had the uh, yeah they had this the strip and then uh, then you had halftime in there and <laughs> one yeah they had the one play after after that field goal with six twenty six left Cowboys have a scoring drive and then the first play fumble and then OSU runs basically out the clock in scoring its own touchdown mm-hmm. so. And then OSU gets the ball to start the to start the third third, quarter. The fourth quarter, the third quarter, and has a long drive. Right, had like a seven and a half minute drive that led to no points. Right, but I mean, I think it was literally over an hour of real time of, of Earth time. Yeah, the OSU defense on the field with for one play. Yeah, so they had they had a lot of putting their feet up during that time. <laughs> They uh, they needed it and they deserved it. I think at that point because they had been out there a lot. Um, you look at uh, how quickly the OSU was either going three and out or uh, even when they when they scored it was one play, seventy five yard drive that yep. took uh, I think eleven seconds off the clock. So, um, uh, you know they were uh, they were getting put out there in some some tough situations. They were uh, they were uh, using all the depth that they had and. Uh, and trying to sub as much as possible, but uh, but Boise State was trying to go uh, up tempo and keep them on the field and and uh, and keep stretching them out, and keep uh, keep them uh, keep them working. You know, the Cowboys did some hurry up, mm-hmm. um, and we hadn't seen a lot of that. I wonder if that's part of the adjustment to try to get the offense going. Later, they didn't do it. Right, they went back to. You know, Gundy was sort of proud of the second half time of possession. It's mm-hmm. 29 and change. Or, I'm sorry, 21 and change. 21 and change, And yeah. Boise had eight and change in that second half. So, um, 
I think you wrote about this or mentioned it somewhere. It was a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's a throwback game mm-hmm. with time of possession and ball control and field position. You know, think back to the vintage OSU offenses. Hey, who cares about? Didn't matter about field position. Didn't matter where. No. Didn't matter where they got the ball. Didn't matter where the other team got the ball. Right. Somebody's going to go score. But tonight, Tom Hutton, he sticks three punts at the 11, the 6, and the 8. Right. And really stuck Boise in a corner. And that, that helped a bunch. In that, and they was, those were all in the second half. That was where his three second-half punts. Yeah. So he had a pretty strong game. Yeah, he did. Uh, had, a, uh, had a 55-yarder in the first half that uh, wasn't necessarily – uh, 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 it was a little bit of a field – field position uh moment to to flip the field a little bit but um but yeah good game for him after after a couple of couple of ugly ones in the second quarter but uh bounced back well um looking ahead now you got uh got a saturday night game with kansas state back in stillwater i think should be uh another interesting and kind of similar type of game kansas state's not flashy They've lost their quarterback, Skyler Thompson. They'll go with Will Howard. He had a good game today against Nevada, mostly running. He's not a great thrower. Um, but they've had a nice start to the year. They've beaten Stanford and Nevada. Mm-hmm. And Nevada's a solid Mountain West. You know, a lot of people picked them to win the Mountain West ahead of San Diego State, ahead of Boise, ahead of San Jose State, which is the defending champion. And they got an NFL-type quarterback in Carson Strong. And K-State put the kibosh on them pretty good today. I think it was 38-17. And they'll, K-State, will, K-State will be tough. <coughs> you know, they, they beat Stanford in a dominant fashion, and a week later Stanford got after USC pretty good, got a coach fired. <laughs> so um, I expect it to be another low-scoring, tough game. If you didn't like this game tonight, you won't like next Saturday. Um but if you did, I think you will like it. Cowboys and, and, and Wildcats, um, they used they there for a while they were playing high scoring games a lot, but right. now they're back to where you know, twenty four to six, was it twenty to eighteen last year, I think, right. or something yeah. crazy. I I bet it's something along those lines. Yeah, I think so. And uh you're right. There's going to be a a faction of the uh the Oklahoma State crowd that's gonna be very frustrated with the coaching. Uh, they probably were tonight, and they will be again uh, again on Saturday. Um, but uh, felt like the uh, the coaching staff did what they had to do tonight, and uh, and figured out some schemes to to get them to pull out a victory. I, I was uh, I was pretty impressed by what they were able to do with uh, limited resources at uh, at receiver in particular, and. Uh, offensive line that you didn't know what it was gonna what it was gonna be and uh, they they put it together pretty well. Yeah, and, and Gundy was very complimentary of both uh, sides of his staff, offense and defense, for their halftime adjustments. Not we talked about Jim Knowles, but I thought offensively, you know, early in the game, they were trying to be too balanced, trying to get the passing game right. going, and then at some point maybe. When it was twenty to seven, Gundy or somebody said, "Enough of this. We're just running the ball." Right, and they ran it well enough to find a lead and and keep it. So, um, 
You know that, and that's what we wanted. That's what we've been asking for for two weeks. Is hey, you guys run the ball, figure out how to run the ball. Well, they figured out how to run the ball against uh, uh, a traditionally really good defense. I don't know how good Boise State is. I don't follow them that close, but traditionally they're rock solid. All right, Barry. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with my favorite segment: the most important thing I forgot because I always forget something important. Anything? Uh, anything hanging out there? Oh, um, I thought Spencer Sanders played maybe a really good game that'll go under the radar. Yeah, that's fair. He ran real tough. He didn't make any bad decisions on throws. Um, he was dealing with a short stack with his receivers. Had two or three drops right. from guys. Brent, Brennan Presley, we're talking to you. And... I thought, you know, with the game on the line, we keep talking about cabinets, great catch, but the ball was spot on. Right. And so I thought this was Sanders' pretty good pretty good uh, representation of, of what a quarterback can do to help win a game yeah. without throwing for 300 yards. Yeah. And he really bounced back after going one of six for seven yards in the first half, five of seven for 80 yards in the, in the second half, and uh, – was a lot of those were times when they really had to have a completion, you know, some that, third and longs. That, and that, that, that he had that one pass to Rashard Owens that a, a cornerback was playing up and, and another one was playing back, and Owens ran an out route between the two mm-hmm. zone defense. And I thought Sanders threw a magnificent pass over the reach of the, the guy uh, up front, but uh, enough to the side to where the guy in the back couldn't get to it. I thought that was a big-time play. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he made some nice throws, even though there weren't a ton of them. Um, like you said, a couple of drops that, uh, that could have changed some things. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition of the Cowboy Chronicles. Thank you for listening. <laughs>